to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about losing. Is it good for you? Does it build character? Will it have you striving to get better or just frustrating and annoying? Since most competitive multiplayer games only have one winner, the majority of us are losers. So we're going to dig into the psychology of that a little bit and see what happens. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake. A huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Oh, I miss saying that it's been like two weeks. Uh, if you <laughs> want to be part of our live recordings, which you really do, because we talked about potty training, we watched a little episode of Bluey, um, a little bit of audio editing, not out of, out of file formats, just really riveting stuff that I think everyone wants to be a part of. Join us Mondays. Yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to come early? I know. It's just, it just seems like you should be here. Be here. Uh, but yeah, that's tabletopgametalk.com slash live. And you can find that link in the show notes. Also join our Discord. We have, it's a very active Discord community. I love going into it. Last week, I missed a lot because I was traveling for work. And even though I was keeping up on my BGA turns, I was not keeping up on my Discord conversations. Speaking of BGA, Board Games Arena, also join our group there. All these links are in the show notes. How do you, how are you guys doing? Last week, um, yeah. How was last week? I wasn't there. You listen. <laughs> yeah, you tell us. <laughs> How'd we do? You tell us. How did we do? I listened. I literally listened the very next morning as I was walking to my work meeting. And the first half to was To make like, sure we had published it? <laughs> um, like, a little oh, no. bit. A little bit. I think you may have at one point like overwrote last week's or two weeks ago's file. And- yeah, it was um, a phonics thing because I forgot to click the little arrow to change the one part of the metadata that actually matters. matters so, yep. yes. Um, but I did fix it all by myself. Um, I, so. I didn't even check it, but I'm like, yeah, it's probably fine. But no, I thought you guys did a fantastic job. It took me job. several attempts, but... <laughs> I was... I was riveted. You also needed some tech support. Oh, yeah. You're you like, didn't even. I can't open this thing. <laughs> yeah. And the whole secret was I had to open it first and then the program would open it. But until then, Mac was like, Mm-mm, we don't trust that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, you did fantastic. Um, we did get an email, one of our first email feedbacks <laughs> in quite a while, uh, calling you out, Kitty, for super cheating at the game BS. I did admit fully in the statement that this is probably cheating, but <laughs> this is what I used to do. And to be fair, I have not played BS in 20 years. <laughs> so you've you've come a long way since then? Yeah. Now I don't talk about how I cheat. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Josh, for emailing us. Not British Josh, um, but Josh emailed Another us. Another Josh. He, <laughs> another Josh. He also mentioned that this game probably has staying power because he's like, I never taught it to my children, but my 15-year-old son was playing it the other day. So he's like, I think this is going to be around. I had a couple comments on your playing card thing. I think, Kitty, you are you were right about whether or not playing cards were kind of out of style. Only for hobbyist gamers. For non-hobbyist gamers, I think playing cards is like, oh, that's what adult gaming is. <laughs> And there was one moment while you guys were talking about trick-taking games and trying to, like, explain what a trick-taking game was. And I'm like, you know something? I don't know if we're there yet, but I think we might be, where we're going to describe trick-taking games. It's like, it's just like the crew, only you're not working together. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that that is going to be how we describe <laughs> trick-taking games going forward. But um, no, I I was very I was I was riveted by the conversation. You guys did an excellent job, and I was you know had a work trip for what felt like four solid days because it was four solid days. It was exciting. So much fun. Um, what else has been going on? Potty we training. We had a giant storm today, <laughs> at least in the city. I don't know if it hit you guys. Michael said it that didn't it didn't come him as far Wis- north as me. <laughs> yeah, Michael said it hit you, hit him in Wisconsin, and you guys are in Chicago. Or in, yeah, in Chicago, I'm right in the middle, and I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, we got a same. little sprinkles, but nothing significant. <laughs> me and Chris are at the oh, same. The tornado uh, sirens are going off. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying we, like we there's power outages band. reported. I was, yeah, I was worried that I might not be able to make it tonight because if the power goes out, then kind of SOL. Uh, if we lose you halfway through, it will no. <laughs> Yeah. Now I be okay um, now. I will say next weekend I'm going to a Lego convention. Ooh. So Brick World is Ooh. in Chicago. So I will be bringing Zachary to Brick World next Sunday. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of conventions, I didn't put this in the show note, but I just reminded myself. Um, I've had a couple people ask whether or not we're going to be going to different conventions or not. Kitty and Fletcher, I don't think you were ever planning to go to Origins or Gen Con this year. Um, we just now, as of this week, canceled our plans for Gen Con. So we were going to go to Gen Con, but we canceled them. Um, long story short, this is not a political thing. I've just been to three different conventions where masks were required. They are miserable. And as long as masks are required, I probably will not go to those types of conventions. I have no problem for people who want to wear masks. 100% encourage you to wear masks if you want to be comfortable. I just, when you're in a loud room where there's lots of background noise and everyone's wearing a mask, it is just so grueling on like the throat. It's unfun. The mask gets all humid. You can't breathe through it. It's just, ah. So anyway, that's why we're not going. Just want to be completely upfront. Especially if you have to wear glasses. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're wearing glasses glasses. and they're constantly fogged up. It's (sighs) three different conventions I've gone to. And all of them were vaccine vaccination requirements and mass requirements. And I'm like, I want this to work so badly. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. So that's why we ended up canceling our Gen Con um, plans. We were kind of holding out to the last minute, hoping that they would change the policy. But I think there's enough people who don't want the policy to change where they're not going to. So we're just like, okay, we're just going to have to call it. Uh, if Gamehole Con is running without mask requirements i'm guessing they're still going to do vaccine requirements but that's fine i don't mind having a problem with that but um is if they're running without mask requirements that'll be the next convention we go to and so yeah so that's the update there i'm hoping that you know life is more and more back to normal next year we've been saying that for three years now so you know (laughs) it's all good it's all fine also, gas is incredibly, incredibly expensive. Um, Kitty, <laughs> Sydney asked me to like plan the next time we were going to get together. And I'm like, I just filled up the tank for $75. Um, maybe next year when gas isn't insane anymore. <laughs> Take we the train. We can keep gaming virtually. It'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. It'll be totally fine. All is good. There is no train that goes from here to there. You'd have to go no. into Chicago oh. and then back out again. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that goes direct between... Yeah, it's 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 all back roads. It's a nice drive. It's just all back roads. So those are those updates. Um, what else do we got? Anything else going on? No, no. This is our 290th episode. 
we should do something for 300. So 10 episodes from now, we'll find out what that is. Um, BGA updates, Board Game Arena. Our tournament is was stalled for a moment, but we're back up and going. Everything's going good there. Uh, we may change the way we run them in the future, but right now, everything is going well. If you want to get involved in our next Board Game Arena tournament, uh, just keep your ears open. We'll start one soon, eventually. I mean, the Railroad Inc. one won't be done until probably, let's see, it's mid-June right now, probably mid-July, I'm guessing, to finish up everything. But we're already thinking about the next game to play there. And Christopher asks, is 300 divisible by 52? Uh, No. And then, um, I don't know where that came from. So yeah, so that's that. I'm I'm uh yeah, yeah, no, not no. evenly divisible. No. <laughs> Using the TGT math. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. So this is this, Christopher goes way back. Way, way, mm-hmm. way, way back. So this way back in episode fifty two, when we were actually episode fifty. It was when episode we were fifty. It started. Yeah, we were yeah. celebrating fifty. Uh Josh, our host at the time, uh, the third host at the time, said, wait a minute, there's nothing special about fifty. Fifty two is the one year anniversary. And like, but fifty is the number. And so yeah. But fifty two didn't actually end up being our we just one have year a base anniversary. 10 bias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the world runs on round numbers. That's just the way it works. So 300 means something, I think. Uh, yeah, speaking of meaning things, let's talk about losers. I really, this is, this is, <laughs> it's something that I've had to cope with more and more lately. And I figured I needed to talk about it. So um, Fletcher, how do you feel about losing? Great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, does anybody really enjoy losing? Probably not, but it's just based on, um, you know, hopefully you take it well and you can, I guess, take it as a learning experience. Like so far, I haven't won any games of Railroad Inc. yet, but I'm having fun and I, you know, I'm not really caring that I'm not winning, but I feel like I'm getting better every time I play. So there's that. I, I like I like it. Kitty, what about you? How do you feel about losing? I'm fine with losing as long as I'm not always losing. That's that's fair. I don't like losing all the time. I don't feel like feeling like I didn't have a chance to win. I don't mind coming close. I, but like that feeling where you're like, I'm all the way at the back. I have no chance to get back into it. I hate that feeling. I also hate the feeling of... um. I lost because of something I did to myself. <laughs> that one so has you, been coming like up more you and mess, more. Yeah, you mess up. I and- messed up. We played a game of Viticulture in particular where there were two turns. And both turns, I just like, uh, I think sometimes on BGA, I have this pressure of like, we're playing with listeners and I'm one of the hosts and everyone knows that. So I'm like, oh, I better like take my turn quick. I don't want to be the one holding up the game. I should just do this real fast. And Chris is I wish texting Fletcher me wine did glasses. so sometimes i just like hop on (laughs) yeah fletcher's fine um yeah i'll hop on real quick and just take a turn and then like you know two minutes after i hit submit i'm like oh no that's not what i meant to do at all i completely forgot like i'll i i have like a plan of three actions i was gonna do and i skipped the first one which makes the second two not make any sense anymore and yeah um that I hate more than I hate losing because somebody else is good at the game. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. For me, losing, I didn't think I minded it 
And then I started losing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it's, I know that sounds bad, but but hear me out here. So typically when I play a game, we play a single instance of that game. I learn the rules. Typically I, when we I, play a game, I win. Well, so when I lose, it, I don't like it. But it is true. It's 100% true. But it's one of those things where I didn't realize at the time what was going on. But I would learn the mm-hmm. rules. I knew everything. I was such how a to winner. It. I had time to think of like, oh, I want to try this, that, or whatever. Then I teach the game. And we all play it. And then I would more often than not win because I was had more time to spend with the game than anyone else. We never play it again. I think I'm awesome. Great. Then we started playing the same games over and over and over again. And I have found that the first two or three games, I'm pretty good because no one else knows the game as well. And then other people learn the game and then I'm not good anymore. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is what losing feels like. I don't like it. And then I see certain (laughs) names. And when I'm playing certain people, you know who you are. I'm like, oh, that guy again. Or, or yeah, like we have to play um, uh, uh, Welcome to again because, you know, I, Courtney just beat me every single time. Like, she, like, nope, can't beat her. <laughs> so then I'm I started to like. I'm without Courtney now and I'm still losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it got me thinking, like, I must, I like, I want to beat them. So now what I did is I, I'm studying their boards at the end of the games. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what did they do? And then I'm modifying my strategies to try to like up my score, but it's really just making me worse, I think, because I'm trying different things. And then we're going into this tournament, and I feel this huge pressure of the tournament because for the longest time I was very, very good at Railroad Inc. And now there's people that are like consistently beat me. And but I like feel the pressure. I'm like, what if I don't make it to the finals? What's gonna happen? Like you, like you're you're the host, you feel like there's a certain pressure there. Um, so anyway, that's why we're talking about losing. I like that <laughs> my host pressure is like, oh, I best not inconvenience people. And you're like, I'm a host. I have to win. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Fletcher's like, yeah, they all know who I am. Whatever. <laughs> they know what to expect. I'm like, from I'm me. the host. I guess I should show up. <laughs> so, so Miles makes actually a pretty, pretty good point. He's like, I'm more than happy to lose at the moment as long as he gets to play something, right? But however, if he, however, I too get annoyed if I. Um, like plan the game and, and like if he plays the game and loses consistently I think that's my fault not yours I don't know but essentially Chris can't read <laughs> I can't read but really what it comes down to is that kind of the same thing right if you're just playing every once in a while losing's not that big a deal but if you're playing the mm-hmm. same game over and over and over and you start to lose or you feel like you're getting worse or you feel like other people are getting better faster than you that can become very discouraging mm-hmm. so that's the premise of this now, I promised, I don't know if I promised, I, I think I did, I researched this episode quite a bit because I'm like, all right, what are the benefits of losing? And there's a lot of good stuff out there that essentially say, hey, losing's great. Winning's great too, but losing is better. And I don't know if it says better, but it, it sort of says better, kind of implies better. Miles says he's lost 23 games of Azul in a row, but he's not counting. He's just, you know, just coincidentally happens to be the case. Um, all right. So let's start out with just talking about like the, the pros and cons, the cons of winning and the pros of losing. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw some of the stuff over to you guys because I'm, I'm just curious what your takes on this. So Kitty, why don't you just start out with like the 
some of the cons. And this article, I'm going to post all the links to the articles I used for this uh, research in the show notes. This one comes from uh, gladiatorguards.com. And it was an article on... Sounds scientific. It does. I don't know. Uh, the pros and cons of winning and losing. Now, I don't know how scientific any of these articles are. There was a lot of consistency on this kind of stuff, though. A lot of you know repeated ideas. But I still think it's just kind of an interesting way of starting with, um, you know, to think about. And yeah, so Kitty, why don't you cover the cons of winning? Okay. So first up, we have the, uh, if winning is so great, why is the saying winning isn't everything? Because eventually winning becomes boring and makes you complacent. So I think losers say that. (laughs) (laughs) And see, this could be the case too. Like this could all be from a loser's point of view. No, I, I mean, agree, disagree. I do think that you can become bored and complacent with winning, especially if you don't have to keep trying. If you're still trying to win, if you're still fighting for it, you're still working to win, that's different than like, oh, if I just do this thing every time, I always win and I don't have to think about it anymore. Then it becomes like, that. it's like when I stop playing a game. I haven't gotten bored of winning. That was, that's for sure. But in Railroad Inc., and I, I bring that up as an example because we've played over probably, I could probably look it up right now, but hundreds of games of Railroad Inc. at this point, um, in my mind. It's probably about 100, but that's still a lot of times. And my win rate is about 40, 45%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you consider that each game is against 12 people and the win only counts if you come in first place, uh, as far as win rate's concerned, I did pretty well there. And I did get complacent. I started taking things for granted. I started being like, oh yeah, no problem. And then people started getting better than me and I'm like, oh, I will say it got more interesting at that case, though. Like, I had to try harder. I had to think differently and try different things. Um, all right. What's this next con? When you, come bet- when you become content with how things are, it becomes easier to stop learning. You're more vulnerable to going on autopilot and setting up bad habits to develop. I think that's the same thing as complacent, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think this goes a step further, though, right? It makes you think you're better than you are to a certain extent, right? Complacent is I don't need to change, but you can literally, like if I just keep winning, I don't, I could just keep doing the same thing over and over, which may not be a winning strategy. It might be a winning strategy versus who I'm playing, but it may not be a good strategy for what I'm playing. And, you know, uh, yeah. An example, I, I hate keeping to go back to Railroad Inc., but it just, it's the one that I keep thinking of. Um, in it's the, game, the one you're mad about. It's the one I'm mad about. <laughs> In the game, you have essentially six turns, typically, and because we always play with the expansion. So you have six turns. And there are three special things you can play, one per turn. So over that those turns, you can play these three special things. Early on, I would play all three in the first three turns. And I would just keep doing that. Now, I, I don't know if that's a good move or a bad move. I, I'm kind of on the fence. But I kept doing it until I saw other people get better scores with me by not doing that. So that was a habit I was developing because I could. And then all of a sudden, someone else came along and started playing differently and started beating me, making me go, oh, okay, all right, maybe I do need to change this up a little bit. Um, I don't know I'm doing better, but I'm doing it differently to try (laughs) something different. All right, the third one from this article, third con of winning. 
Constantly winning or winning early on can be detrimental because it may give you a false sense of your own abilities. Just because you're winning doesn't mean you are the best and you may stop striving to be or work as hard. Yeah. I think that's what I covered. Fletcher, do you agree with this one or is it the same again? Uh, I think one, two, and three are all kind of the same thing. They're all in the same vein, a little bit different um, takes on the same kind of sentiment. Um, I think they both, both two and three kind of tie into one as you, you're complacent and there are different ways in which you can become complacent as you're having a false sense in your own ability, having bad habits, going on autopilot, all kind of feed into those are things you do when you are complacent. Yeah. Now, Fletcher, since you're the positive one of the group of us, um, I'm going <laughs> to let you read the pros of losing. Would you like to read a pro of losing? We're all just watching Fletcher scroll through the show notes. Oh, no, I hit my keyboard. Did you say me? I couldn't hear you. Yes, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm connected with my phone, but you were the one all garbled up for some reason. Uh, I, I still blame you. So what is the all first right. pro of losing? Pros of losing. Sure, at first, losing doesn't feel that good, but losing builds character. All right. I need you guys to comment on this one. That's something um, that losers say. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, that's something that losers <laughs> say. Uh, I can I can agree. Uh, it can also build resentment if you keep losing. So I would say it's kind of a toss up. Well, it doesn't say what kind of character. Miles asks, is it good or bad character? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it builds character. So you hear this all the time, and I, I honestly think this, like you know, the card game is BS. Um, I don't know what builds character means. But I think these other ones kind of do a better job at getting to the core of that. <laughs> a better jaded character. Uh, so yeah, let's, what's the next one? Learning how to deal with a loss is one of the most important life lessons, as a loss is simply a major part of our life experience. Losing a game isn't the only time you'll face defeat. And if you respond and pick yourself back up, it says a lot about you. So this one I like. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't this let one my I kids like. win I think at this board is- games. i I think so to me this is like you know losing builds character if we're assuming positive character this is the kind of positive character that you know you would supposedly be building yeah i this one is almost a life i mean if i teach my kids one thing it's how to fail right it's how to lose i mean we we say losing and failing is kind of a, a synonymous thing but how to deal with not being the best at something because you're never going to be the best at anything. Like nobody's the best at anything. And how you deal with that, I think is probably the best thing you can possibly learn or teach your kids or whatever. It's like dealing with just not being the best at something. Um, Later on, we're going to get into more interesting uh the last article on here is almost political, but not quite. It, it's the participation prize conversation but we'll get to there in a sec uh, all right so the the third one from this article again from this the first one in the show notes um what's the last pro of losing according to this article losing also gives you drive and purpose <laughs> <laughs> it makes you want to strive to be better and achieve what you previously couldn't Losing also forces you to learn how to evaluate yourself. The only way to make adjustments and improve is by looking in the mirror and fixing what doesn't work. When you're winning, you tend not to look. What are you thinking? Um, 
I, I, I see what they're striving for, or they're trying to get to, but I don't like how they worded it, how they worded <laughs> this. It gives you drive and purpose. I mean, I think that, though, you can be both a sore loser and a sore winner. I don't think it matters if you lose or win. It matters how you handle yourself at the end of a game. And if you are a sore loser, no one's going to want to play with you. And if you're a sore winner, if you're gloating and you're rude, no one's going to want to play with you again either. And, you know, maybe that doesn't tie as much into this whole, like, are you going to improve yourself? But I don't know. I know a lot of people who got a lot of wins early in life. These kids who are, you know, become gymnastics stars. They're going to go to the Olympics. They're the best at what they do. They beat everyone that they know early on in their career. Every, you know, like there's a star, like every dance studio, every gymnastics gym, there's always one kid. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows they're better than everyone else in the gym. And they're going to go further than everyone else at this thing. And just because they win all the time doesn't mean that they're not going to get better. And yeah, that does eventually lead to, you know, going up against tougher competition, getting out there, you know, and maybe losing more, but it doesn't stop them at the beginning. I think at the beginning, having lots of easy wins can build your confidence, can get you excited about like, oh, I'm good at this and this is fun. And it can't be the only thing that's keeping you invested in something, but I don't think it makes you bad at the thing. Yeah. Well, I think when it's, when you talk about drive and purpose, right, it sort of depends on what, on how you, this is another thing on how you respond to losing. Because some people respond to losing with the opposite of this, right? I lost, the first time I played the cello, I was bad at it. Like, some people may be like, okay, I really want to be good at this, so I'm going to keep doing this. Others will be like, no, I'm bad at that, I'm going to move on and do something different. Mm-hmm. And so drive and purpose, while... That can be true. I think you also have to have a certain amount of investment in that thing before this part can be true. So if you're the first time you play a game, you lose, and you don't feel like drive to play it again and win, it doesn't mean that you you're, you have bad character. It just means that that game didn't grab you and want to bring you in. Now, other games may do that, though. Like the first time you know, I played, I don't know, a bunch of games recently, um, I may have lost the first game or two, but I had such fun playing it that I'm like, I want to try that again to see if something else would have changed the outcome of that game or do this. So it, it can happen, but I don't think it's automatic for, for losing. So I think I kind of agree with both of you on that one. I, I think how it should probably be worded is like, if if you're losing, um, it can give you a goal to achieve, Right. It can do that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so great at this. Here's a bar for me to hit if I want to hit that bar. I wouldn't phrase it as it gives you drive and purpose. Yeah. I mean, I like some games. I played a few games recently, new games that I just want to try out that I won. Like the first time I played it, I won and I hated the game. Like <laughs> I had no intention. of. And then there are other games where I'm like, I'm actively trying to just end the game. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want the torture to be over. That it's like, there are certain <laughs> things where I don't want to be good at this. I just want it to go away. So it, it sort of depends. Again, I think you have to have some investment for that to be true. So the next article I went to, this is from Inc.com, Inc.com. And this was almost an economic article in a way. 
And the title of this is Why Losers Often Win. Um, and, and he basically has very similar things, right? Losing doesn't force us to self-reflect and self-improve. Or uh, winning doesn't force us to self-reflect and self-improve. So, Kitty, I don't know. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about your, um, like, Olympic athlete thing. <laughs> I think these people lose a lot more than you think. But not they early are... On. But they, they do have, have to like get a to certain a certain talent. Level. Yeah, they do have to get to a certain level. And that's before where... they start losing. And you yes. do have to get through that. I will yep. totally admit that. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you don't have someone that is better than you, you're not going to get better. It's almost it's almost impossible because you don't have anything to strive for. I just listened to a stuff you should know on the four minute mile. Right. And I think everyone knows this story, essentially. Right. The four minute mile. No, everyone thought, nope, it's not possible. You can't run a mile in four minutes. It's just not possible. And then someone did it. And then six weeks later, someone did it faster. And then again, faster and faster and faster. Right. It's that thing where it's like someone else is better than me. And now I have something to strive for to get better than them. Now, that doesn't directly equate to board games because there's a lot of variables that go into that. But ultimately, losing gives you a goal. And this really works in like competitive, like dueling, head-to-head type of stuff, right? You know, if, you know, Fletcher and I might be playing Magic the Gathering and I keep beating him, keep beating him, and he keeps tweaking his deck until he beats me, that's a much more satisfying thing for him than it was for me to beat him 10 times in a row. Like that's, and I think that that can be really helpful. Now, Fletcher can also just say, you know, screw this game. I'm, I'm, the the balance is too far out of whack. I'm not enjoying this. (laughs) But ultimately, I think that beating someone who was better than you or is usually better than you feels more satisfying and more like you're striving for something than someone who just beats people because like, well, I know I'm better than you. So let's play this game. I'm going to beat you. But whatever. Right. I'm going to pause right there because I, 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 I did what I did. Talk in circles. But yeah, you guys digest that. <laughs> Help our listeners understand what I said. <laughs> Kitty can't because she's like, I tuned you out way earlier. I I also don't know if I understand. But what I think you're you're getting at is it's more satisfying to win when you work for it. It feels like you're you're achieving more when it's not easy to just win. And I don't I don't know, maybe I just give up on things too easily and I get too frustrated and decide like this is not for me. And also with things like Magic the Gathering, I decide I do not want to pay to beat Chris because that does seem to be something (laughs) that you can do in that game and many other dueling card games, which is why I get very frustrated with them. But regardless, I there's maybe I just have bad character. Maybe this is all my mother's fault for beating me too much early on in my life and I could never beat her. So I decided... I don't like that, so I will never play Sorry with Elizabeth ever again. I will not pick I, up that game. <laughs> you might have something there, and I don't. I mean, I enjoy playing games with you. I do understand <laughs> that you don't like losing, and and we've talked about this, and you've gotten better over the years. But there, I've is... learned though what games don't make me upset to lose. There are certain games that I don't like the feeling of losing. That kind of game. Especially, I don't like losing in general, but I've gotten better at being a loser. I'm, I've gotten better, but I also think, you know, just the more games you play, the more percentage you have, like, oh, I get enough wins in 
that I don't feel like I lose all the time. Because for a while there, like you said, you were always teaching the games, you were always winning. That was kind of the pattern. And now I've, I've settled more into things. But yeah, I, I still feel like I'm a little bit of a sore loser. And yeah, I, th- I just choose not to do that. <laughs> I, I think that it does require, and, and again, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just using you as an example to anyone I who feels the same the way attack. you do. It's fine. But it is, it is easy to be frustrated, right? Losing mm-hmm. does, isn't fun. And it's easy to get frustrated. And it's especially easy to get frustrated when you're playing against the same person and then losing against that person a lot. You see this in um, basically couples who, who game together. Typically, one person is going to understand a certain type of game better than the other person. It's rare that you have a equal footing in, in that type of thing. If you do have that, that's fantastic. And I don't mean like you can be, you know, romantic couples, gaming couple, whatever, but just pairs of people. You know, when I in high school and college, I had a best Two friend. Two people and we, who game together all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He, my best friend and I, we played all the time against each other and we would challenge each other to play. But he liked different aspects than I did. So we were able to kind of help each other get better. And that was fine because we had nothing better to do. We also started both bad at the same time. We were we were bad at the same time and got better at the same time. But if I introduce a new game to Sydney, unless she really, really wants to like the game, if she loses the first couple times, she just gets a bad impression of the game. Just it's human nature, right? It could be the game or it could just be, I don't enjoy this game because I don't feel I'm good at it. And I don't feel like playing this over and over and over and getting beat a lot. Um, so either one of those things can happen. And I understand that. And at the end of all of this, we're going to ask the question, when is it okay to say, I don't like this game versus I don't like losing at this game. And I think those are very different things and things we need to understand, but I want to save that till the end. So we'll, we'll answer that question at the end. The next thing in this article though, that kind of wraps up what I just mentioned, which I, I love this quote. So as mere human beings, we are all in instinctively geared to protect ourselves. If something is difficult or painful, we instantly shy away from it and shy away from the challenge. I mean, there's a reason that we've coined a term for human beings who enjoy pain, and there is no term for one that enjoys joy. So, <laughs> so you can, I mean, we know a masochist. Oh, you just, you just, you just love torturing yourself, but we don't have to apply any kind of word to someone who enjoys winning and happiness and good feelings, right? It's just like, oh, that's just normal. It's not normal to enjoy the challenge. Now, I do have this question. Mm. That Well, that's that's, that's, that's why I say I'm going to ask you, Kitty, because I get the feeling you would be and Fletcher maybe. I know whenever I, like math was usually the thing where there was an extra credit problem on the bottom, which was like an extra challenging problem. And I would always do that challenging problem first before doing the rest of it. So anytime someone says, this one's hard. That was the one I always wanted to like try to do first. Is that something on that you guys? Test? Um, well, on basically anything, like any like any school test where you have like an extra credit problem, and this one's going to be a level harder than something else. That was the one I always wanted oh, to do I first, see. like homework or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, does that equate? Is that part of this, or is that different? Challenge does not equal something I lose at all the time. Okay. I like a challenge. I don't like losing all the time. I enjoy a puzzle that is there for me to solve that is very difficult. That is a challenge. And that's why I like that kind of game where I am trying to solve a puzzle. I do not like 
Chris is very good at this game. And Chris can score this number every time <laughs> at this game. And my score sometimes gets that high, but usually it's in the middle here. And yeah, I'm just not going to play that game unless I really enjoy the gameplay for some reason. Like if there's something I really love about the game outside of winning, like good art in a game can go so far. But if this is an ugly game and I don't like it and I don't want to play it and Chris always wins, that's not a challenge. It's just bad. It's just a beating. <laughs> so Fletcher, challenge versus losing. Like, I think and I see where Kitty's coming from. Like, what's your take on that? Um, I mean, I, I guess I agree with Kitty because they're not the same. You can enjoy a challenge, but you can dislike losing. So, I don't know. To me, they're like different things. Have you ever done a crossword or a Sudoku? Yes. And we talked about it, a whole episode worth I know, of that, Chris. I know. And I just, I basically, my question is, do you feel like you lose if you can't complete it? Do you feel like you've lost? And I don't know the answer to that. I'm just kind of curious. Like, how do you take that? I can't complete it yet. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe, but I feel like I will eventually complete these things because it's just something that burns in my mind, you know? So if I pick up a crossword, which... I typically don't play crosswords, but if I were to do that, I will I will keep playing. I will keep plugging away at it until I complete it all. And then I'll be like, yeah, I remember why I don't like crosswords anymore. <laughs> and you know, move on to Sudoku. And Sudoku, like, I'll just keep having fun, like, trying to solve the puzzle. So I saw a word come up in the chat, and I might be derailing your episode. I'm sorry. You have so much research, Chris, here. But photosynthesis was mentioned in the chat. Thank you, Miles. <laughs> and here's the thing about photosynthesis. I think I would like that game. I think I would enjoy playing that game. The problem we had in that situation was, and this is for perhaps new listeners, our old host Josh is not allowed to play photosynthesis with anyone ever again. (laughs) Um, But we just weren't on the same page as level of commitment in that game. And it can be really really painful when, you know, I'm taking casual turns and somebody else is taking very serious turns. And I am in a scenario where now I cannot win the game and I'm stuck in the game for as long as the other person wants to keep the game going. And it's not just photosynthesis. I've been in other situations where this has happened where, oh, I thought I was just sitting down to play a casual game with friends. And now I'm in a six-hour game of Terra Mystica that I took four bad turns (laughs) at the beginning, and I don't know what's happening anymore, and I don't care. And, you know, I think we've talked about this with, um, we can tie this back to competitive friend and non-competitive friend, which I kind of forgot happened. But then competitive friends started playing with us on BGA, and I was like, oh, yeah, that episode. You know, you, you have one player at the table who wasn't as bought in, and you don't just have to lose. You have to keep losing for as long as everyone else wants to keep playing the game. Like, you know you've lost. There is nothing in it left for you. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, it's just, yeah. it's hard I, to keep sitting there while you're losing. Yeah, we were talking before the show started about Board Game Arena and how some games are grueling turn-based. Others are just better 
turn-based. I think photosynthesis, if and by what we mean turn-based is you're not you're not playing and then as soon as someone's done you take your next turn. You have hours you're playing to take asynchronously. Your next turn. Yeah. It's like um, chess by mail. Right. But on the internet. Yeah, so the <laughs> pressure's down. So if we were playing photosynthesis, you know, with someone with analysis paralysis, that's fine. If you expect that turns are going to be hours and hours and hours in between yeah, each one. Yeah, you have a day to take your turn. Yeah. That's fine. Now, <laughs> and we're playing, a, I'm playing a couple games right now where two of us are relatively competitive and the other two are completely out of the game. And we're only halfway through the game. There's no way that these two people are going to be able to catch up. And the reason is, like, they don't know the game. They didn't know the game. They, you know, it's first time sitting down, you play it, try it out, but you know that they're not invested anymore when it's their turn they take their turn and then it moves on and when you're playing something turn-based and you're not sitting right across from the table you can get away with that right if we were sitting at a table and this were happening though i may just call the game and be like okay half the table is not having Mm -hmm. any fun whatsoever and it's not just that you're losing it's that there's no chance of you even coming close to trying to get better because you're so far behind And it'd be easier just to watch someone else play and be like, oh, I see what they're doing there. Which leads me to my next question. I'm oftentimes afraid to offer strategic advice to someone, like, especially if I'm better than they are. Like, oh, look at me. I'm so good. You should try this, that, or whatever. Unless someone specifically asks. I typically don't offer that information. And Kitty and I have played a lot of games together. And I don't, I can't think of a single time that you have ever asked for advice on how to get better at a game. It's more just, I'm salty, I'm bad at it, I never want to play it again. (laughs) So, and again, not an attack. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that that's very true of a certain kind of game, is I'm salty, I'm bad at it, I don't want to play again. Because I think I have kind of two reactions to losing a game. And that was either I'm salty, I'm bad at this game, I don't like it, I don't want to play it ever again, or oh, now I get it. Let's play again right now. Oh, I want to try this thing. I want to do it right now. <laughs> and like, those are basically it. I think you don't remember the the experiences where it's like, I lost, but I want to play again because that it's a normal interaction yeah. that doesn't really... It's not like, oh yeah, like, yeah, we enjoy playing games. Yeah, we played a game. It was fun. We played and it again. And you wanted to play again? Oh my God, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah but you know... um, and I think like a lot of times I'll bring up games even on the podcast. We were talking about uh, Zendo, maybe? Yep. The, the Shapes game. I yep. loved that game. You didn't even remember that we had played that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, when I... Because I think sometimes we have these like negative or um, outside of the norm situations stick out in our memory more. And that can be... Both like, you know, the, those are the moments that stick out to us. Those are the moments that we like build our character off of. So yeah, you know, Chris is building his character off. Don't make Kitty mad because that's unpleasant. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not playing games well, because I'm not having fun in certain circumstances. But we can also talk about all those times where we, you know, oh, the really fun standout games. I think that's why we've really built into playing cooperative game so much more is because we all have so much fun playing together yeah and well and that works out better for us yeah and i and i think because you're winning together or losing together as a team and it doesn't feel as competitive and typically we'll win and i i definitely agree with that um but i know that 
I'm even if I was losing, I think that and this actually goes back to, you know, a whole number of like however you view this, it is uncomfortable for everyone to be told what they're doing wrong in the moment mm-hmm. without without asking for it, right? Sydney's paying, playing Homeworlds with um you know, online randomly on, on BGA. She's just playing with random people. And one of her opponents just started essentially, you know, critiquing everything she was doing in a very nice way. It's like, oh, well, you wouldn't, wouldn't, you shouldn't have done that because of this, this, and this, right? They're, they're definitely trying to help, but that can be taken, and it's almost always universally Isn't- taken as stop telling me what to do. Let me play my game. Especially since yeah. Sydney is a very good. Isn't Sydney like amazing? <laughs> she is. Yeah. She's very good at it. Homeworld. She's yeah. one of like seven people who has beaten Andy Looney at his own game. Exactly. Ex- exactly. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to give him that one. Um, but the thing is, and I don't know, like this, this is online. These, like you have gender neutral. They don't neutral, know that about her. Yeah. yeah you have like, general neutral names. You don't know anything about them. This is just this person trying to, this person is generally trying to help someone else, right? They're trying, they love mm-hmm. this game and they're trying to elevate someone else. But when you do that, you have to be very careful. And in person, it can be taken very badly because whether it's, you know, whatever the actual, dynamics of the individuals can be taken into account. Oh, you're only telling me this because you think I'm bad at games or whatever the case may be, right? And I think that I feel the same way. Like, if I was playing a game against you and you suddenly started telling me how to be better at this game, I'm going to be like, uh, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm literally going to do the opposite of anything you tell me just because you told me to do this thing. At the same time, I have asked, like, there's a couple games, actually, Nether Valir, Valar, uh, <laughs> somewhere. It's it's a dwarf drafting game. That's true. Oh, yeah. I I can see the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I really like this game, but I'm not good at it. And by my, like, fifth or sixth time of losing, I finally, like, okay, guys, you got to tell me, what am I doing wrong? How do I mm-hmm. get better at this? And that's the time where it's like, okay, well, you're doing this, and you shouldn't do this, and like, you should just come right out and help everything you can. Because if someone's to a point where it's like, tell me how to get better, they want the coaching. But preemptive coaching is almost always going to push someone away, or it's going to come off as not the way you intended it. I think this comes into play, too, about how I've gotten better about being a sore loser. I don't, I don't know if this is true, but you've said at least a couple of times before, that I've gotten better over the years. It's not as big an issue as it once was. I think I'm not afraid to play games with you anymore. um, Part of this is I'm picking games sometimes. I am choosing, I've bought my own game collection. I'm picking it out. I'm playing them. I'm learning the rules by myself. I can teach you a game sometimes. And that is huge because I don't always feel like I'm a step behind. And I've also started doing more research of my own online. I've gotten into YouTube. I'll watch YouTube videos on a game that I'm enjoying. I will teach myself. I will learn new strategies. I will hear, you know, expert advice and mess around with things outside of game time, which was all stuff that you had been doing the whole time. Now I feel more on even footing with you. So I don't need you to give me the advice because I'm getting advice somewhere else. And it may be the same advice that you're getting somewhere else. And suddenly now we're, you know, more evenly matched. And I think that's what I was sort of getting at at the beginning is I don't mind losing. 
I just want to feel like I'm at least playing the same game. I'm in the same ballpark. I'm, you know, not so far behind that it just feels miserable, which was not always the case, but the case often enough that it made me feel like, why do I bother learning new games? Why do I do this? I just want to play Carcassonne for the rest of my life. Stop bothering me with new things. Yep. All right. So I have three more articles here and we have not a lot of episode left. So I'm going to go through some of these things. Um, pretty quick. I'll stop this talking. Next, no, no, no. The, like, I'm the one that over talks. But this next article was actually from um, a martial arts dojo. And the article was why losing is more important than winning. And essentially his point here is when you're in competition, losing is going to cause you to get better than winning will cause you to get better. Because when you lose, you find out that you're not as good as you thought and allows you to rework and practice like getting like practice the things that like, okay, I I was not good at this, or I failed at doing that, or I need to focus more on this. If you win, you don't have anything to focus on because you won. Um, And the other thing that I really like about this, this here is you also get to practice losing respectfully and becoming a better loser. If you're a good loser, you're a better person. We all know about the bad winners, like sore, sore losers, Yes, we know about the you know the winners that are like the gloating winners. Being a gracious loser and a gracious winner for that regard, those are the people you want to hang out with and you want to play games with. And I think that losing teaches you that. It also teaches you how to be humble because when you win, you have a lot more respect for those who didn't than if you just always win. And it, I don't know. It just – I really like that concept. I do think, though, that we can take lessons from this even as winners. That if we evaluate why we think losing is valuable, you can still choose to learn those lessons as a winner. And it will probably make you a better person and a better winner because if you are looking at how your opponent played the game, even if you won to them, they lost, I'm sure there were things they did that were valuable moves that could have paid out for them. You know, a lot of games, luck-based games, things like that, you know, they they just didn't get what they needed. Railroading, look at this all the time. It's just like in the last round, you get what you need or you don't. And you can have a more flexible board. You can do better to get ready for certain things to get thrown your way. But, you know, if I'm looking for a curved piece and it was rolled up all straight pieces, it does not matter how good a player I am. There is no way that anyone would have set up their board to get four straight road pieces in the last roll of the game. That's just not how you play the game, you know? <laughs> and I'll say and this if you're... as a humble winner, though. <laughs> I don't bother looking at anyone else's board when I win. I only but look at other should. boards when I lose. I know I should, but that's the whole now, point. I, this right? is, but this is the lesson you can take as a winner <laughs> from this this episode. If you are winning and you're like, all these losers are just telling me that there's value to losing, listen to it <laughs> because you know what? People who are losing, who are who are being good losers, who are doing the self-reflection, who are looking at the boards, who are trying to get better, who are being gracious, who are learning the lessons, because you don't have to. You can be a sore loser and walk away and never play again, and you are not going to get these benefits if that is what you are doing. If you are being the kind of winner or the kind of loser who's doing this stuff, you can also be the kind of winner who's doing this stuff. 
Well, you are not gloating. You are being gracious. You are looking at the boards. You are seeing what your opponents did that was of value. Oh, if this person had just gotten this piece on the last roll, they would have beaten me by this many points. Look at those things. You can see those things coming. You can get better too. You can learn these lessons as a winner. And I'm not saying that there's no value in losing. I'm just saying we should all learn to self-reflect after we play a game, compete in anything, in any way, that we should be gracious and we should learn from our opponents. That is what this is all about. And you can do that as a winner or a loser. I'm I'm have trouble <laughs> seeing that. Like, I don't know. I, I, and I, I understand your point of view. Like, the what you're trying to say is a good message. It's just hard for humans in general to learn from someone that they just beat simply because you look at, you can look at their board, you can look at what they did. It's like, oh yeah, well, obviously you shouldn't have done that, that or that. And I think that instinctually we do that. You really have to like live in the shoes of the person that was playing and try to learn from that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good advice to try. But this uh, this article also ended with something I found very interesting and kind of akin to the stock market. Um, we really haven't lost completely unless we give up after losing and stop trying. In other words, you actualize your loss if you stop and get out of the game. And the the reason I think about stocks is because if a stock is down 40%, you haven't lost 40% until you're out of the stock. Until you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm leaving. Then you've lost. But if you stay there and you keep riding it out and it goes back up, well, then you've won, right? And I think that kind of goes, that's sort of the idea behind you know this, this idea of don't give up. Losing is an opportunity to get better, and you might be behind. But if you stop... That's the thing, though, is losing doesn't make you better. Losing is an opportunity to yes. get better. Exactly. Yep. And I, I think so many of these articles have kind of spun it as like, oh, the, the benefit of being a loser, you just get it. No, you have an opportunity to get better and to learn. And I think so does the winner. And I think, yes, it is easier for the perspective of the loser to to do that, eff- to make that effort, to take that opportunity. But I don't think it's an opportunity available only to the loser. And, yep. and I think we can all be better players if we see the end of a game as an opportunity to reflect and to learn. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> now, the New York Times ran an opinion piece back in 2013, September 25th. And Good, this one timely is timely topic. Yes, this is well, this is the only one that could <laughs> potentially be moderately controversial. And I just took a few quotes from this one. Essentially, the idea behind this one is awards for participation don't do anyone any good. And the idea here is, you know, we children aren't fooled by trophies. They know if they're good or bad at something. They know if they're struggling at something. They know if they're better than someone else. And if we decide that we just want to award everyone, then they don't learn what it is to feel like you are like you can strive to win because, oh, I get a trophy regardless of what happens. That's essentially the idea here. Um, and eh, I feel like the trophies are more for the parents because as a kid, I received many a soccer trophy and I knew that I was deeply terrible at soccer and no amount of trophies were going to fool me. But my mom felt like she right. got her money's worth from this AYSO. Article, this article literally <laughs> cites someone who, like, for budgetary reasons, like a Little League cut participation prizes, and the parents 
got irate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kids couldn't care less. Yeah. But there is a quote. Get him a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. A look, t-shirt. Yeah. Look, I got a fun Pizza t-shirt that I was in this. Yeah. Yeah. I was part of this team. Um, one mm-hmm. of the quotes that came out of this, though, was, you're going to lose more often than you win, even if you're good at something. Mm-hmm. And if you just always understand that, you're going to lose more often than you win. Then, and, and this is like in general, most people, there are exceptions. You got the people that are just mm-hmm. like, you know, crazy Simone good at whatever. Biles exists. Exactly. <laughs> but most people are going to lose at something more often than they win. And when you talk about a four player game, you're likely going to like 75% of the people at that table are going to lose, right? One person wins. So I think that this is a reason why just, you know, getting used to losing is, is a good thing. I'm going to rush through this next one because there's just a few quotes I want to pull out of it. Um, this is from harpersbazaar.com. It's a UK um, uh, blogging site. Un- uninterrupted success is a fantasy. Losing is not only something we should tolerate, but we need. Uh, prior to learning any skill, we must practice struggle and fail many times. That's like the big one, right? Losing is about practicing, it's struggling, it's failing, it's getting better. And if we replace the word losing with learning, there'd be a lot less dread around the idea. So I haven't lost this game. I just learned how not to play this game better mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Um, all right. So I'm going to pause on that real quick. And then I do have a couple. We're going to do some final thoughts after this. Um, thoughts on those things. Fletcher. Uh, I've given enough thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with the article. Excellent. <laughs> love love the commentary. We're good at this. All right. <laughs> so I want to talk about our tournaments on Board Game Arena for a moment because I think a lot of this, especially where it's like participation prizes and, you know, winning, you should strive to win. Striving to win gets you better and stuff. When we started doing the tournaments, I decided to make the prizes participatory. If you participate, you're in a drawing and you could win a subscription to BGA. Um, what I did not want to do is make it skill-based. because, And the reason I did not want to do that is because I want to en- encourage participation. I want everyone to want to play for fun, learn a new game, play a half a dozen games with people that you wouldn't get a chance to play with otherwise. And if the reason to enter a tournament is to win and get the prize, I think that that discourages a certain casual participation. However, I fully understand that there is a desire in everybody to win and want to be awarded if you get that top spot, right? Brownie points is something, but like you want that. And that's why if you're part of our Discord and you win, you get a role that is not available to anyone else except for the winner of the tournament. Currently, there's one person who has this role because we have one winner of a tournament. And that to me is kind of cool. And then I also made, and I don't know if I talked about it. I talked about it briefly, but I don't know if, um, if I, we've talked about the finished product. Um, I made participation cards for everybody. And the top five winners get like special cards. And then everyone else is just kind of like gets a card with a, like a position, a rank on there. And these cards aren't necessarily, they're not like participation trophies. They're the t-shirt. They're the t-shirt that says, hey, yeah. I was part of this. And that's I was here. why I got the pin. Yeah, <laughs> I was here. I got the pin. And and that's why I'm setting these things up this way. Now, I'm curious what you guys think of this framework. Am I overly sensitive to people? I don't 
like I said, not tying the actual monetary prize to the winning position. That's my big thing. I just, it just sits wrong with me so much so. Um, but I'm wondering, like, am I taking that too far? Like, what is your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, I think you're overthinking this. I like not tying the um, prize to the position in the tournament, mostly because we don't want the same, like the, the prize doesn't make sense for the same person to win over and over again. <laughs> it should be, I don't know. It is, <laughs> it is encouraging participation. It is to do that job. I don't know. I, I don't think everything has to be about winning. Yes. Maybe, maybe but, that's what I'm encouraging is play this so you can lose and get better. Maybe that's what I'm trying to encourage. <laughs> I'm not punishing the winners. I'm helping the losers. And if we have 48 well, people in a tournament, clear, I have 47 losers. The beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not like the winner is excluded from winning the prize, too. They have an equal chance as everyone else. The prize is just not tied to tournament results. The, it's a door prize for showing up, and it is labeled as such. You know, like, I, I don't know. Well, there's also no monetary to fee to, to like, enter, so you can't complain too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> My mom used to have to go to like corporate events where she'd have to play golf and she is a deeply terrible golfer. She did never, she never enjoyed it. It was all just about like, you know, we'll ride around on the golf cart and, you know, hit a ball occasionally. But one time she won a flat screen TV because there was just a raffle for everyone who showed up and she brought home. This was back when a flat screen TV did not mean a skinny TV. It was just, it didn't have the rounded edges. That's screen. how long ago this, it had yeah. a flat screen, but it was still like, you know, a foot and a half deep. <laughs> That's, this is an old yes. story, but she did. She won a thing at a golf tournament one time because prizes aren't always for thin, the winners. It was flat. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird TV. Those, those were, right. it was such a, short amount of time where that was the kind of TV that was available. Uh, speaking of which, my TV is starting to fritz and I'm hoping it's just an HDMI cable, <laughs> but it's a TV I've had for over a decade now and I really like this TV, so I'm hoping it's not burning out, but it's been over a decade so I guess I've gotten my use out of it. Alright, we're going to end it there. However, I normally don't announce what we talk about post-credits, but this post-credit, I'm going to ask the question, how do we know when we don't want to play a game because we don't like losing the game versus don't like the game. So that's the question we're going to answer post-credits. Uh, until then, Kitty, take us out. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 830 Central or join our Discord to, Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in the show notes. You can email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Selly, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Tolkien Fan Forever, M- Michael Finley, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, 
Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. And thank you for everyone who's ever going to be a patron. I'm just pre-thanking you now. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. (laughs) All right, I'm going to ask the same. Dog is snoring so loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I we can't hear your dog. It's all right. But I'm going to ask you guys the, the same question. I'm going to ask you guys the same question, and we'll we'll ask your dog too. When do you know that you and Kitty? I'm asking you first because you're hysterical right now. When do you know that you don't like a game, or you just don't like losing at that game? I don't like games because I don't like losing at those games. <laughs> so you're saying... It, do, need there be a different answer? I don't like games because I don't like losing. Like, I don't like... It is for the same reasons that I don't like them, that I don't like losing at them. I don't like games where it's take that, where it's very... Um, I feel like one player's actions are hurting another player's score, where your score is not in your own hands. And... Typically, that causes me to lose at them, and I don't like that. So you don't uh, – that makes sense. And essentially, you don't like games where you don't feel like you have agency of getting better at them anyway because someone else can always tear you down. Yes. All right. So, Fletcher, the difference between, for you, not liking a game because you don't like the game versus not liking a game because you just don't like losing at it. You're not good at the game. Um, I want to keep playing games that – are fun. <laughs> I'm glad I buried this to after the credits. <laughs> All right. What is your response, Chris? What is it? No, actually. What is I your mean, magic answer? Fletcher's, Since Fletcher's ours answers, were so bad. Fletcher's answer is probably close to my answer. Um, I'm just going to use, you know, more words because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> for me, there oh, are. I'm sorry. Keep, I keep playing the game because I'm having fun. <laughs> Literally, our closing outro is not good enough. <laughs> uh, good point. All right, fine. But um, yes, my my take on it is is if I enjoy playing the game before the final score, it doesn't matter if I've lost at it. Now, I will say after a while, I can get frustrated at just not being able to like get good at a game. There are certain games where it's just like, okay, I just don't get this game. And it becomes less fun while playing it if I don't get it. But typically, I don't mind losing at a game that I'm having fun playing. Um, but games I don't like, I agree with you, Kitty, there are certain games I just don't like because I don't like the mechanics. You know, like, I again, I don't want to write too much on Terraforming Mars and now it's Castles of Burgundy, but those games are just tedious to me. They're painful to me. Whether I'm good or bad at them, it's just grueling to get through them. And I don't know. I may lose all the time. I don't think it matters. I like, whether I win or lose, I get to the end. I'm like, oh God, I never wanted to play this again. Thank you so much. I will move on. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So that is our episode. I liked this one. And yeah. Anyway. Good night.